From our opening text tonight, I'd like to read a proclamation by Jesus, a very emphatic one, um, that speaks to the liberty that we all seek. It's taken from John chapter 8, the 12th verse. John chapter 8, the 12th verse. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, this uh, statement is the basis of the maxim of our church right from 1906 until now, that Jesus is the light of the world. Mother Crawford preached it. So did her son, Brother Raymond. Then Brother Lloyd C. Carver continued to preach it. And he handed over to Brother Dwight Bozell, who preached it. And we thank God Brother Darrell is preaching it today. And we're all here witnesses of that. And we praise God that Jesus is the light of the world. And we want to examine that statement, uh, the three phases of it, and see how it applies to us and what our responsibility, or responsibility to it is. Um, before we can think about Jesus being the light of the world, we'd like to consider why he is the light of the world. And it's a basic fact that there's darkness. There's darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. And um, the only thing I want you to think about darkness tonight is the fact that when you walk in darkness, you get hurt. If you walk in darkness, you will get hurt. And it won't just be you. You will hurt other people. That's what happens when we walk in darkness. Right now, there's light in this tabernacle. If, so, if uh, suddenly there was to be a blackout and we couldn't have any light and we're all asked to leave this uh, building, people would get hurt. Some people might, they might uh, tumble down the steps of this uh, stage. Many people would knock their knees against the chairs, even though they'd be here countless times. If you don't have light, you can't see where you're going to go, you're going to get hurt. And that's an unfortunate state uh, that we all were in. Those of us who have been saved, before we got saved, we were walking in darkness. And if you are not saved right now, you are walking in darkness. If you could hear our testimonies of what happened to us before we got saved, you know that we were hurt. We got hurt. But we thank God that Jesus is the light of the world. And when that light shines, we find our way. You know, and when we find our way, then we can go to Jesus at Calvary. And what Brother John Burroughs taught us about the atonement happens. You know, the light shines into your heart. And when that light shines, it exposes the sin in your heart. And if you can turn away from sin, like we're told, and turn to God, we turn from darkness to light. God saves us. And the light shines in. You know, and that's a bright light. And, and we're happy, but that's just a start. You know, God wants to put more light in our heart. And when he adds the increased light in our heart, that sanctification, oh, then the light really, it really blazes. You know, uh, we, we have entire holiness because, you know, the part of us, human nature, uh, that, that, that original sin that creates a darkness in our heart is removed as sanctification. And when that happens, you know, the light is really blazing so much that God in heaven wants to dwell within us as the Holy Ghost. And that's when we pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when he comes in, and though we're walking the light, he now guides us through that light. Amen. That's why we have to have that foundation in place. Because Jesus is the light of the world. 
you know? But then Jesus says something else that is really uh, important for us to note. He says in Matthew 5, verse uh, 14, Ye are the light of the world. And he's speaking to those who have accepted that light into their hearts. And that seems like a contradictory statement. Because if Jesus is the light, how can we also be the light? It doesn't seem to make any sense. But I thank God that the word of God interprets itself. Scripture interprets scripture, you know. And God doesn't leave us in confusion. And he uses all sorts of things to explain this to us. And I was thinking about this and my mind just went to what's in Genesis chapter 1, 14th verse, when God said, you know, he created two lights. A greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. The sun and the moon. And uh, it's, it's very interesting to think about these uh, celestial bodies because they explain to us easily what it means when Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world, referring to himself. And then he says, ye are the light of the world, referring to us who are Christians. The, the sun, which is the greater light, produces light of itself. You know, um, Jesus is the light. He is the metaphor, that is a metaphor for Jesus. Jesus is the light. He creates light. He is light himself. But the lesser light, the moon, does not produce any light. It doesn't. It can't. You and I have no light of ourselves. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. The only light we have has to be that which Jesus Christ gives us. The moon can only be lightened from the light of the sun. The only way the moon can lighten the earth is when it receives light from the sun. And that's how we are as Christians. We must receive our light from Jesus. Before we can be the light of the world, we must get that light from Jesus. And that is the true meaning of liberty. That true meaning of freedom. May God help you, those of you who have not yet received that light today to receive it in your heart. To pray for salvation because, like I said, if you are walking in darkness, you will get hurt. You will get hurt. We could tell you stories of people who have done that, um, but I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want to scare you tonight. But you've heard those testimonies of people who have refused to walk in the light and what happened to them. Those who've been saved and decided not to walk in the light and what happened to them. May God help us to continue to walk in the light so we don't get hurt. Now, we want to consider our relationship to that light, Jesus, and to other people around us. Still using this metaphor of the sun and the moon. Because Jesus Christ says something else. And it's, a, it's scary. It's a warning. In Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23, he says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And we know that he's speaking to those of us who have been saved here. Because people who are not saved are walking in darkness. He now says, if the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? How can that be? How can light be darkness? It's an impossibility, really, unless there's no more light. If light leaves, then there must be darkness. You know, if you just turn off the light right now, darkness will come suddenly, immediately. It doesn't creep in. It just, the light just comes in. 
When you lose your salvation, you are into sin immediately. There's no slow, gradual process where you just fall into sin gradually. The minute you sin, it's the minute you lose your salvation. That is darkness. God says through Jesus here, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now let's consider the sun, the moon, and the earth again to explain this. An eclipse is what explains it very easily. An eclipse is a, is a, is a, is a situation where, natural phenomenon where, when there should be daylight, you have sudden darkness. The light should be shining, but it gets dark. It happens in two ways. Um, the first one is called a solar eclipse, and that's when the earth, part of the earth, is darkened by the moon because the moon blocked the rays of the sun. Thank God it can't be the whole earth that's darkened, just parts of it, because the moon is smaller than the sun. It's 400 times smaller. But you know what, you've, you've experienced this before. I have. And the first time I experienced it as a child, I was scared. Because children you know, were afraid of darkness, especially when it happens suddenly, when it shouldn't occur. You know, and, and um, when the eclipse happens, in the spiritual sense, remember that we are the moon. Jesus is the sun. In the solar eclipse, the moon obscures the sun. The moon obscures the sun. Spiritually, we obscure Jesus. And how, when we do that, it means we're casting a shadow. A shadow wherever we are. And that is sad. Because we should be, what we should be is reflecting the light of Jesus to the world. To our world. But instead of doing that, we cast a shadow. And I thought about that, and how does that happen? It starts with pride. It starts with pride, because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Even though we're speaking about his death and resurrection, it's also about us raising him up in our lives and let him be prime. You know, just like floodlights at the stadium, you know, they're high up in the, in the air, they're raised up high so they can have maximum illumination wherever they're being used. Jesus has to be up there. John said, he must increase and I must decrease. But when pride enters our heart and it becomes about us, then Jesus is no longer the focus. And then we cast a shadow. It doesn't matter whether you're a minister preaching the word or a singer singing or an usher or someone working in the kitchen. If it's about you, you're casting a shadow. And we can't cast shadows in God's work. Otherwise, people will be hurt because they're, they, they'll walk in the shadow, the darkness. We want Jesus to be high up there. He has to be high up there. Whatever we're doing, Jesus has to be prime. May God help us so that pride doesn't creep in. When pride creeps in, the work can be as effective as it should be. And sanctification takes care of that. We've heard about that. You know, if you're sanctified, what it does is it, it lets you realize that you're nothing. Because you consecrate a lot and you realize that you're really nowhere and that God is everything. And then you can work hand in hand with the ministry or pastor or anyone because you're sanctified. You're one with the body of Christ. That's why if you're saved and you're not sanctified yet, get sanctified tonight. Yeah. If you're saved, you're on dangerous ground if you're not sanctified. I know this from my personal experience. When I got saved, the thing that I realized was I, know, I didn't want to commit sin anymore. Because I was a novice when I came to this church. This was, it was in this church that I first heard that somebody could be a Christian and get saved and live a holy life. I never heard that before. So when I got saved, it happened. I tested it. I didn't want to come and say anymore. But after a while, I realized that 
from inside, there was something prompting me to do something wrong. And I didn't understand that. That was, that was scary. I didn't like it. Then I heard about sanctification. I went to the back of the church. I thank God my children are doing the same thing right now. They likely know those tracks. I was doing that too as a child. I read one after the other. And I understood that if I get sanctified, it will take care of that problem. So I prayed and I got sanctified. Then I tested it. I went out to our front yard and, and there was no prompting from within anymore. I, I didn't have any urge to do anything wrong. The only thing that happened was from outside, I guess, suggestions, but I could, I could easily get those ones away from me by not listening to them. But there's no urge within me, and I learned that God had taken care of the inbred sin. Yeah. Amen. Oh, wonderful experience. Sanctification. You need it. You need that experience. Don't wait on your salvation for so long. God will sanctify you tonight. Yeah. Amen. So when you're sanctified holy, you can work with the ministry when you get baptized, and you won't be a problem. You won't be an issue. When things are said that you don't agree with, but your leader says that's it, you will agree with it. You, you just work with it. You might have a better idea, but it doesn't matter because your leader said this is the way to go. You will say yes and amen, and God will work with that. Oh, God is so good. I have a little experience today. Thank God for Sister Calhoun. God bless her. You see that song they sang tonight, If uh, My People. Our church in East Bridgewater had planned to sing that song as a trio today for the morning service. We had heard before Kai meeting that we should bring songs. So we, we had to choose that song. We have it as a male trio in our church. And we gave her that song. And then she told us, I think it was yesterday, that oh, she didn't realize it was the same song. It was exactly the same song, only we were going to sing as a trio. That's what they're going to sing tonight. And she told our music director, Sir Lizzie, that could we sing another song? And uh, when she told me, well, I said, thank God, I've been praying. I said, I didn't, I didn't want to sing today. Because I'm part of that military. So I said, I didn't want to sing. So that's another my prayer. They're going to change it. Then I suggested the song. And Salisi said, okay, there's another song. I said, well, you're the music director. You choose. Whatever you want is fine. She said she'll present both to Sister Janice. Sister Janice chose the one they sang this morning. Through it all. And just see how it worked with the message this morning. You know, as I was sitting there, my wife said, Lana, it worked very well. Look, just look at that. I give God the glory. You see, we walked together. We didn't insist on what we wanted. Right. I did not insist on what I wanted because the song I wanted was not through at all. But I said, it's okay, you choose. Amen. And God worked with that. So we have to get sanctified. And then we don't obscure Jesus. And Jesus is high up there. Yeah, that's the first eclipse. There's another one. It's called the lunar eclipse. And this one you got to listen to as well. This happens when the earth now blocks the rays of the sun from reaching the moon. Remember, you and I are the moon. Jesus is the sun. When the earth now gets in between Jesus and us, then we are, we are in darkness. Right. And unfortunately, this time, the earth is so much larger than the moon that the whole moon is covered in darkness. This happens when we love the world. Right. We love the world. And then when we love the world, what happens? We walk in darkness. As Christians, we can't love the world. We can't love God and mammon. We can't love the things of this world. They don't necessarily have to be sin. Things that we can achieve in this world, once we raise them higher than Jesus Christ, they become idols in our heart, and they lead us into darkness. So we cannot afford to allow the things of this world to block Jesus' light from reaching our hearts. We need his light. Remember, we cannot generate any light of ourselves. There's no righteousness that we have. We need Jesus to shine on us all the time. Amen. Amen. So we need to understand those two points where we can walk in darkness as Christians if we're not careful. We have to remain to continue to walk in the light. 
constantly. about consistency. We have to be consistent. May God give you another grace to be consistent. Um, and in closing, I'd like to talk about another darkness that envelops us sometimes. And this is not as a, as a result of anything we have done. Um, we've heard so many testimonies about it during this camp meeting. Um, I want to talk briefly about a young girl who I knew when I was a child who was a source of light to me. She was much younger than, than I was in our church. It's Elisha. Her name was Yomi Fakorede. Um, she got saved when she was very young. And I didn't have any references of people who were saved. Because in our town, city, the town where we lived, there was no possibility church there. We had to go to the other town. And in, in where we lived, that town, there were only three families that went to our church. Only two of them had children. My family and Yomi's family. So she was the only other person I knew that was saved. Apart from me, as a child. You know, we like to see our peers do what we're doing. That's why I bring my kids to care meeting. I want them to see their peers serving God so they can see that they're not alone at East Bridgewater. I take them to Midwest camp, take them to Florida camp. Now they're in Portland camp meeting. They see their peers. They know that if they can do it, I can do it. So that's what worked for me. Amen. Brother Tony, I didn't want to come to our church when I was a teenager and he played his violin. And I said, if he could do that, I can do the same on my clarinet. He encouraged me to become a better musician. We, we walk hand in hand. So this young girl, when I was 11, she, she was, I mean, I was older then because I got saved, been saved a few years. She got saved and I was, I marveled at her behavior. She was the perfect child because she was saved. I didn't grow up like that. And, and, and I, I continued to watch her and it wasn't just me. Our whole church was impressed by her because of her, her Christian behavior as a child. You don't have to be an adult to be a light. You can be a light as a young child. If she was preteen. It pleased God to take her before she became a teenager. And when God took her, our church was so sad and sorrowful at Elisha that God had to give three different people revelations of her in heaven before we could, we could get away, get, get over the sorrow. She was a light to me. And I thank God for, for that time, but it was a period of sorrow for her family. Her mom is in this camp meeting. When Barbara Daryl was going to give the message, I had to ask her for permission to speak about her daughter because it was on my mind that that's a person I could talk about. And she said, go right ahead, I'll pray for you. And, and her sister is here as well. And we thank God that she was a light to me. You can be a light where you are when people are going through difficult times as well. Like we've heard in this camp meeting, that's the time I'm talking about when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, it's not because of anything you've done. Or anything I have done? Oh, but because of life circumstances. We've heard many testimonies about that. But I want to give a verse of scripture. Two, two verses actually. That God used to help me when I was going through the valley of the shadow of death. There was a time in my life when I didn't know where I was headed. There are people here who know my story. And I was, I was depressed. Even though I covered it up. I masked it very well. But those who are close to me knew what was going on. But I thank God I still stayed. Still focused on Jesus regardless of that. But I needed something like an anchor to keep me. And God gave me a verse in the Bible. God gave me a verse. And I want to read, share with you tonight. And then I would like you to come and pray. You see, Isaiah 60 verses 19 and 20. Isaiah 60 verses 19 and 20. If you're going through a hard time right now, if you're going through a difficult time right now, if you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, whatever, we mourn for many different things, not just the death of a loved one. You can mourn the breakup of a marriage. You can mourn the loss of a career. You can mourn the loss of your health. Yes, those things put us in a state where we mourn, where we're sad, we, we, feel, we feel depressed, despondent. But God has an answer. 
Isaiah 60 verses 19 and 20. When, you, when I finish reading it, if you want that light in your heart tonight, you want to get saved, come to the altar. You want more of that light, you want to get sanctified, come to the altar. You need your baptism, don't wait too long. Come to the altar. If you are going through a hard time, come to the altar as well. Jesus is here. The light of the world is right here. He's, Jesus says to us, God says to us in Isaiah 60 verse 19, The sun shall be no more thy light by day. Neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. But the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light. And thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down. Neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be thine everlasting light. And the days of thy morning shall be ended. Amen. One day it will all end. All the sun will end. We are waiting for the uh, redemption of our souls, our bodies. Our souls have been redeemed, but our bodies need to be redeemed. It's going to end soon. But even the morning you are going through right now, it will end. Just come to Jesus tonight. We're going to sing the closing songs, 189. But come to the altar. Come and seek Jesus. He's the light of the world. And he will give you light.